Good love our gracious queens are throughout their just queens. Their time has come. United Queendom. United Queendom is sponsored by Q Bar, who provide the best gay night out in London. Enjoy Q Bar, Q Club, Little Q and She Bar in Soho every night of the week for drinking, dancing and, despite the name, limited queuing. Hello, I'm Ed Dyson, podcaster, comedy writer and stay-at-home dad with no children. And I'm Sam Dowler, journalist, broadcaster and co-host with The Mo Host. And we host United, United Queendom, the number one British drag race podcast. Although our brand tends to be more number twos. Thanks for Tina turning us on. Now let's get on with the show already. I'm sorry to start the podcast off with some sad news, but I have to tell you that I tragically passed away this week. No, I, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> got you. Uh, but now that I've got that out of the way, hopefully the real sad news won't seem quite as sad. But I am afraid, and this is not a joke, that we're going to do what I hoped we would never have to do and announce that the United Queendom gang are taking a hiatus. And I hiatus for doing this, but let me explain. It's been three years now of doing this and it's been amazing and we couldn't have done it without you all. And there've been laughs, controversies, hangovers, outrageous stories, impressions, hangovers, apologies, guy onions, interviews, <laughs> hangovers, and even the occasional hangover. But despite having such an amazing time doing this, it is very hard to keep the podcast going every week on such limited funds. And uh, me, myself and Sam, we are happy to do it for free. But our producer, Moon, real name James, who is the real hero of this podcast, he puts a lot of hours into editing us, mainly editing out all the stuff that Sam says. <laughs> and while he has been so kind and generous and has often done that work unpaid for you guys so that we have this podcast to enjoy, for which I'm internally grateful, it really has become not feasible to continue doing it like that. Um, and as you know from previous annoying adverts we've done, we tried to make sponsors work. We had Cuba who sponsored us for a while and we were very grateful to have them, but obviously lockdown massively affected them as well, so they had to end the partnership. Cunts! And then our latest sponsor, <laughs> Fat Pigeon Art, they had a similar trajectory and were obviously at a time uh, a financial crisis in this country at the moment. Uh, so it's hard to ask a company to sponsor us. And because we don't have millions of listeners, it's a long shot that we'll find another company willing. And if we do, they might also end up cancelling like the last two have. And I don't want to have to stop mid-season. And um, that's the reason we tried to do the Patreon last year. And I thank everyone uh, who supported that. And I know we weren't good at keeping up with all the extra content. But it was not money wasted at all because that support is the reason the podcast was able to survive as long as it has. And the reason I'm telling you this now before the end of season four, and believe me, I've been dreading saying it, is on the off chance that of the thousands of you who do listen, who are part of the United Queen and family, uh, if any of you have any suggestions of what we could do, we are open to lifelines. Uh, I didn't want to tell you uh, on what me, uh, might be our last episode before this break, as it might seem a bit sudden. And I know that people who love the podcast, many of you that do, have come to rely on it weekly. Uh, having your weekly episodes. So this might not be the end, but I'm afraid a break is definitely happening. Sam and I are definitely up for returning, be it for the next American series of Drag Race, or and just like that, season two, which somehow got commissioned, uh, the Big Brother podcast, Watch This Space, or even season five of UK next year. I don't know what's going to happen, but we can't return 
in the current situation. So if any of you is a secret billionaire who fancies funding us or is a producer who has a few mm-hmm. hours spare a week and wants to volunteer your time, speak now or forever hold your piss. And if you are all, uh, if you all respond to this announcement by joining the Patreon, then this decision will be reversed. Uh, but I don't want to ask you to do that as already... Um, we're all subscribed to so many things at the moment. I know I am. And Drag Race is already trying to force us to pay to watch that. So I understand it's hard and everyone's skin and the country's in crisis. But as it is, if none of these miracles do happen, as I suspect they won't, then it looks like the next couple of episodes and maybe a special farewell farewell one that we might do are going to be our last for a while. And now this is the longest I've ever spoken without Sam piping up. So Sam, have you got anything to add? No. Oh, oh, where, oh, where was I? Sorry, I fell, I fell asleep, babes. <laughs> Fucking cunt. I'm so glad we're taking a break now. This is the real reason. I can't deal with this shit anymore. I had a lot to get off my chest. <laughs> oh, those boobs for a start. Um, do you know what? Um, that's a be- it was a beautiful um, speech, and you're quite right. Um, I was going to say hiatus. Um, hiatus is a good, it's a good word, um, because, you know, we're not cancelling or anything everything all our episodes will still be available and surprised we haven't been cancelled well exactly but um you know different things happen all the time different opportunities happen all the time so you know we're always on the lookout and um you know we love doing it we love the fans we love um each other mainly i mean i can't deny that um through the last year two years has been very difficult and um you know speaking to one of my best friends in the whole world uh, doing something i love um is a tonic to me and um, and basically has cheered me up as have all the listeners for the last, you know, couple of years since I've been doing it. So thank you to you, Ed, especially. Thank you to you. Um, but yeah, no, so as, you know, as you say, it's a hiatus. Um, you know, with the next the next one wouldn't be the American one uh, until January. So, I mean, who knows? We are a community here at United Queendom. So, um, you know, if we pull together, who knows what's going to happen? And um uh, yeah, and as you know, I'm always Mr. Positive, so yeah, happy days. Yeah, and please do get in touch with us. A lot of you do. We love getting your messages, and if you are sad that we're taking a break, let us know. If you um, want to rant at us, or if you want to thank <laughs> us, if you want to send us chocolate, whatever it may be, please do get in touch. Or oh, dirty dirty panties, um, yellow ones to Ed, brown ones to me. Um, yes, I just please. think it's well. I've never seen I clean think... pants before. I wouldn't know what to do with them. So. <laughs> Was that your um, chair, Sam, or did you just do a Sam? In no, it's, oh, this fucking house. There's a creaky. Um, we've got squeaky boards. Mm, um, so I also want to say that. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, Patreon and everything, and this is you know, and sponsors, etc. This is this is a hard time, and neither of us are sales execs. We don't, you know, we don't know how to necessarily sell our own selves or our product so we know how to um, sell ourselves but that's a different well story. yes i mean <laughs> but we can't we can't survive on those bargain bin basement prices babes um <laughs> but i think that um yeah so you know this is you know that's not our it's not our skills so i mean if anybody wants to help on that front because uh, i know obviously like some people do work in sales and they and they just know exactly where to go but um yes it's a uh yeah, the pandemic obviously hit a lot of companies and um, hit a lot of people and the cost of living crisis um, and everything else is contributing to obviously everybody having less money. So, um, you know, I don't want to blame it on the cost of living crisis, but um, I blame Suella Braverman. 
even though it's not her fault either. I blame Carol Baskins. I think she's behind the whole thing. Oh, but, um, 100%. Carol fucking Baskins. But I think um, we don't need a lot of money to run this podcast, but we do need some. And we can't expect to have people putting hard, skilled work in for free. We're not a, um, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Those places, sewing, where they do the sewing abroad. Vietnamese what? child labour camps. <laughs> Sweatshop? <laughs> Sweatshop, that's Give the word. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry for reading out a script, but I just didn't want to miss anything out. And I wanted to make it clear that this isn't what we wanted. And it's very hard to keep something going every week. I, and it, we're very proud that we've done it for as long as we have. Um, we're very grateful to all of you for being part of it and hopefully this is not the end but at the, for the time being there is going to have to be some something's going to have to change something has to give something's gotta give but in the meantime um we have to do what we do best which is uh suck a dick no rate this episode of drag race <laughs> i am gonna give this one a seven Okay, I'll join you on seven. I mean, I, I could have gone quite high on this episode because I was really enjoying it up until mm. the end. But the end kind of soured me a little bit because it all got a bit chaotic. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I love Michelle. We all love Michelle. We love Raven. But, um, you know, it's called RuPaul's Drag Race for a reason. And I think um, she was missed. I think it was nice as a one-off. I mean, if this was the new show completely fronted by Michelle, I think Rue would be too missed. But as a one-off novelty, I thought it was quite funny Mm. to see Michelle do it, and I thought she did a really good job. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was fine with that. But it was just... I loved the challenge. I loved all the conversations in the workroom. This episode made me cry. Mm -hmm. But um, the judging was a bit off, which I don't know if it was because Rue wasn't there or if it was just... I mean, they said that Rue was watching via live link, which... I'm not sure I believe. But yeah, the the end, <laughs> the end result was very strange. But um, let me just do one plug as well, sorry. One little butt plug. One little, one little hair plug. For one of our dear listeners, Rubella Vaccine. Um, oh, I can't find the fucking message now. <laughs> I just get so many messages, I can't... Oh, no, it's done. Not another, not another script you're reading from. Another script. So it's on Saturday, the 26th of November at 11am in Victoria Park, London. Uh, Rubella Vaccine, Ruby Vaccine is hosting um, Red Run London for Positive East. So it's a great cause. There'll be people running, walking, crawling, skipping, prancing. Um, Staggering. Mincing, probably. But yeah, Red Run London, 26th of November. If you're free, go to that. Um, I will be, where am I? In Margate that weekend, so I won't be there. So you can, you can Ooh, be, Margs! You can be safe in the knowledge you won't see me as well, which is another benefit. But back to Drag Race. So um, last week, Le Phil, Le Fucked Off. And I think like Black Pepper having sent her home is way too confident now in her lip syncing. She's won a couple, but I don't think either of them were home runs. So she thinks she's an assassin, but I'm like, I think you're just a slight survivor here. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and then we find out who the guest judge is going to be, which is Boy George. Um, should we talk about him now or talk about him later? Um, oh, we may as well talk about him. Well, no, let's talk about him later because um, we've already waffled on enough about other stuff. Because I was going to tell a story about Boy With George. With my monologue, you mean? <laughs> no. I, I, I am known for doing a long log, so that's <laughs> no, no surprise. <laughs> but yes, it's the makeover challenge this week. So Rue was here at the beginning... 
Um, in what possibly is my favourite suit she's ever worn, that blue and red tartan I loved. So, I mean, this clearly... Well, this is the question. Do you know what's happened? I don't know what's happened, but I think it's pretty almost definite that it was a health thing. I think nothing... Yeah. It wouldn't have been anything that wasn't... Um, that she knew about in advance. I think she was filming this day, clearly, because she was there. And then something happened between there and the next day, which meant she couldn't be there. And I think RuPaul, being as professional as she is... But she is in her 60s. I think she's been known to have heart problems before. I don't know if she had some sort of heart problem or possibly did she God, get... God, I hope not. Did she get COVID? But then if she got COVID, I mean, I assume... I mean, she is back next week. We saw that, didn't we? So she wouldn't have been back so soon as she got COVID. She'd have Maybe to... it was like a family thing or something. I don't, I don't think so. Because she obviously didn't leave the UK and then come back because um, she would have been gone for longer. So it must have been... Maybe just like a 24-hour bug or something like that. Or she maybe she had sickness, sickness and diarrhoea. <laughs> Di- diarrhoea. That, that I, I just can't imagine <laughs> RuPaul's out of the toilet. Hunka! Oh, my God. Oh, that's a stinker. That's a stinker. Oh. <laughs> she was sitting on the toilet like... <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it's just a little health thing and she just phoned in sick and I think because Michelle and Raven are already in the building, it just made sense for them to step in. Um, I think if they'd had more time, I reckon they wouldn't have picked Michelle. I think they would have got, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, someone else to do it. Maybe, I can't even think of anyone. Test Daily. They already have no, special guests, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Not Test um, Daily. James Corden, someone that everyone loves. Um... <laughs> oh, can I just mention one more thing? God, I won't stop mentioning things, will I? But um, tonight on ITV, my uh, I was going to say my show, but the show Queens for the Night is on ITV at 8.30 and I was a writer on this show and it's a drag show that's not Drag Race, but if you guys want to watch it, then um, watch it. It's a free country. Is it on... Um, is it on... No, hang on. I'll get their bibs. Is it... Is it? Uh, is it? Is it though, right? Is I'm it? Bothered. I'm a We're so up to date with our references. We, just, we really are a cultural zeitgeist on this podcast. Computer says nah. <laughs> what that one? <laughs> Groovy, baby. Yeah, just... <laughs> Do I make you horny? Um, okay, so... <laughs> I was going to say. My wife. No, I'm interested in what... Because obviously there is something of... I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the new series of We're Here! Um, and you know about what's going on in politics at the moment and... Have we got a new Prime Minister again? People have... To, um, no, no. Whenever I go for a nap, take I it... check and I think, shit, have we got people... a new one? <laughs> still, still Rishi. When I do a shit in my nappy, I think, shit, is that another one? Um, I think that basically there is um, like they, you know, there's there's a crosshairs on drag and on drag performers at the moment, especially in America. And uh, so in the new and the new trailer for We're Here, there's lots of like anti LGBTQ rhetoric because a lot of people are saying, um, you know, oh they want to put drag queens in schools and they're protesting outside Drag Queen Story Hour, calling drag queens groomers, stuff like that. So this is, you know, it is. I'm interested to see what um twitter and what people say about it because a lot of people are like, i mean there's just a a rising 
um, sort of backlash of people, especially um, your JK Rowling sorts who are like, oh, it's misogynist, drag's misogynist, blah, 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 blah. So for a primetime ITV show, I'm interested to see what the reaction's going to be. I think it'll be fine because I think I remember when Alan Deck did it last year on um, their Saturday Oh, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. And that got a really good response. I think, um, yeah, it's all just lighthearted fun. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. I know my contributions that I wrote were very silly, so it's not going to be a... I don't think it's going to be an emotional show. It's just going to be celebrities prattling about, really, and just trying to give us some light relief. Are you in the credits? I hope so, because I've been tr- checking all this week, because I've never written for a TV show before. So I asked my agent, and then they, was, they were saying, yeah, they should be on. I was like, should be? Can you just double check? And then oh, I haven't had confirmation, and I'm worried they're going to leave it off, because I was not one of the original writers. They had writers, and then they needed additional writers later to kind of um, uh. get it even funnier. So... I hope I don't get overlooked because I was. I've got people coming to watch it at my house, and I'm like, if I pause it and it's not there, I'm like, <laughs> but I have the receipts. I was definitely paid to write on the show. Rest assured. And I'll be. I'll be talking next week about what was used and what wasn't. Unless nothing was news, then I'll never. I'll never mention it again. Have you been paid already, or are we going to have to? Ha- are we going to have to hear all about that too? No, I was paid months ago for this, so that is uh, okay. Good. That's one less thing to worry about. <laughs> I have to say, a friend of my, a friend of mine was in a TV series with um, oh, I can't remember who it was with, but she's quite. I mean, she's. I've talked about her before. She's a really good actress. Um, she's a really good friend of mine, and she. Oh my god, she was filming for weeks and weeks and weeks, and basically the majority of. Her role was cut out and she sat and watched it with her family and she was like, oh, that's me. And then there was practically nothing else. And everyone was like, uh, more wine, anyone? Oh, God, <laughs> I remember that happened to Monet Exchange when she was in the Madonna video for uh, Gun Control, God Control. And um, oh, right. she, she'd hyped it up that she was going to be in this video and she'd been told that Madonna was a big fan and then she just isn't in the video at all. And it's like, <laughs> you never know when to talk about things like this because you're like, well, I don't... Because then I said it to... My partner's mum this week, she's like, why didn't you tell us ages ago? Because I'm like, if you big things up, then when they happen and they're disappointing, then you mm. end up just with more egg on your face. And you know... Oh, I, exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, eggs don't I go mean, down well like, um... <laughs> at the best of times. <laughs> Do you want to just say that again? <laughs> no, forget it. Cut it out, please. <laughs> forget it! Um, but... <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I've just forgotten now. Um, yeah, but it's like when I do uh, GB News, like I don't put it on any of my socials or anything because A, I know that some of the things people say will be offensive to people that like that I know, but also I think that, um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be shit or I'm going to fuck up. So, I mean, I know people are like, oh, I'm going to be on TV, so, 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 so. I'm, still, I, I'm always still a bit nervous just in case it's crap because then like and then afterwards if it's good I'm like oh shit I should have said something but it's too late yeah it was like that when I used to do those roasts on stage because I did yes yes it's more freeing to be doing it knowing that if you do mess up no one's going to see it but then the times it does go you're like oh I would have liked someone to have seen that but I mean it's just the nature (laughs) I wish I had any friends here (laughs) (laughs) just the nature of the beast um, so we find out that the, it's the makeover week and they're doing the queen team, which was not a thing I really knew existed. Like, obviously I knew there'd be people behind the scenes helping them, but I didn't realise they had a name and that they were all women or maybe they're not. I love this. Is, I think you, lo- I love this. This was super cute, wasn't it? I loved it. I, 
Um, I didn't know there was any lesbians working on Drag Race, so I love that as well. So it's like a diverse team. Well, my friend Ash, who I talk about in the production team, she is also a lesbian married with a partner and a child and a dog. I did wonder when they brought them out if one of them would be the one that you knew, but she's an editor. She's not on the Queen team. No, she's an editor. I don't, I don't think she, um, no, I don't think she was even on set, do you know what I mean? Because all of her work is done post, post-recording. In the post room. Um, but yeah, I loved I loved room, watching yeah. them bond this episode. And it really reminded me, because what I consider, I know it's a bit cliche at this point, it's like the old Will and Grace thing, but the the bond between gay men and women is just like as old as time, mm. isn't it? And I, I always say that I, I fancy men, not all men, but I do fancy men, but the loves of my life have always been women. And women are always... Mm-hmm. I always say if I could press a button and all the men in the world were gone or all the women, I would choose for all the men to be gone because I couldn't live in a world oh, without thanks, women. Oh, thanks, fuckface. You'd be, you'd be still with the women with me, I think. We'd count. <laughs> we could get in thanks. full drag and we'd pass as long as Pixie didn't do our makeup. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what did you think of seeing all this interaction? Because it's crazy because they have all these bonds that we're just unaware of, but obviously they would. Well, this, well, this is the thing. I mean, I, I, did, I really enjoyed this because, um, you know, having worked on set with um on various productions and stuff and as i just said on gb news like i get on with i get on with the production stuff really really well and you know especially on a show like gb news it's really difficult sometimes and i'll come off and you know and having having production having people behind the scenes come up and go oh well done you know i know that was really difficult but well done to you etc etc you really rely on that support and um with these guys obviously like you know, we're doing, you know, helping them with it because it must be difficult to get into these fucking contraptions. Do you know what I mean? There's no way Danny Beard didn't take at least two or three of those fucking team queens to get into that, um, to get into that little of horrors number. So I think, like, you know, they must, you know, to have obviously, you know, they're touching their fucking bits at the end of the day, aren't they? So, you know, they're all, and they obviously chose women who are really like, um, sort of like motherly or kind and I love the fact that we literally all looked really similar and all like with the same height. <laughs> <laughs> Could I just take a second for you to explain the GB News thing? Because I think some people who listen will like just think of GB News as like a very hard right-wing news channel and will think that that means that you are if you keep going on it. But do you just want to explain that you go on usually to offer the other side of the argument. Oh, always, always yeah. too. I'm a, reg- I'm a regular on um, various different shows um, and they always uh, ask me to come on to speak, um, well, sense. It's what I think. Because uh, like, <laughs> they, they basically know what my opinion is like going to be on most things. And yeah, and things do get heated. Things do get heated about, you know, it's obviously mainly about politics, but about other stuff as well. And, you know, especially LBGT, LGBTQ stuff and, you know, trans rights, etc. Because they, they do say some awful things on the, on the channel. And, um, and I always, you know, and I always am there to pick them up on it when when I'm on obviously pick them up on it and to you know and it often ends in like shouting matches um so and I don't you know when people say well, why do you do it and I you know because it, a it's hard but b um you know it's otherwise they're in an echo chamber and if somebody doesn't go and speak for something then somebody else will and you know and I think that I, I can do it so therefore that's why I do yeah I think it's always important to still engage people you don't agree with mm. if you just don't speak to them you're never going to get anywhere so it's like and I love and I love to have like um, I love to have my mind changed. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that would ever change my mind about anything. But like, I th- I like it when people do question me and change my mind about something because um, you know I'm always open to listening and learning, and um, I hope other people are as well. Your mouth's always open. We know that <laughs> <laughs> until until it's until it's full. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm, I, the, I'm I'm the throat goat after all. 
at the throat go. I think we already talked about, oh, we talked about when Kim Petras was number one in the UK, but now they're number one in America with that song, Sam Smith. Yeah, I know, Petras. amazing. First trans person to ever be number one in America and Sam, Sam Smith. And non-binary. And non-binary. It's like, and it's, uh, a lot of this is because of TikTok. I mean, I'm still not on TikTok, but apparently if a song goes viral on TikTok, it's like a smash hit. So it's such a different time for music. It's like, I'm so out of fucking touch with what's going on. It's crazy. Everything's a fucking different time for music. Before that, it was YouTube. You have to have YouTube. But, um, oh, I'm going around a friend of mine who is, um, she's quite high up in the music, high up in the music biz. And she keeps saying to me, because I was, because I went to an event recently um, and, you know, I met a bunch of TikTokers and, you know, they're quite, um, they're an odd bunch because they don't have a lot of personality because they do most of their work on their solo and just with a phone. And, um, and I was like, oh, bloody TikTokers. And my friend was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get you on TikTok. She was like, you'll have hundreds of thousands within weeks. And I was like, OK, fine. So um, watch that space. Oh, please do. <laughs> that could be another way we save United Queendom. Um, so <laughs> well, I- me beggaring myself and making a fool of myself on TikTok. <laughs> well, you do it on here. I'm not doing any fucking dances, that's for sure. Oh, see, I like the dances. So that's what I could get into. <laughs> well, we'll do. We'll do. You, you can. You can come on my. You can come on my channel, and we'll dance together. Oh my god! Can I tell you what I did today? I can't even believe. I don't, I don't know if you've ever done this, Sam, but um, it just reminded me to talk about TikTok because I thought I had an interview with Joe McKeldry, the X Factor winner from Newcastle. At oh, mid- I love Joe. At midday today. Well, I love Joe. So we started doing the interview. And it was over Zoom, but we weren't didn't have our videos on. It was just audio, and his accent had gone from Geordie to Scottish, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then I was like. Talking about something he did oh my on TikTok, God. he's like, "What are you talking about?" It was Joe oh my God. McFadden, the winner of Strictly. Oh my God! And I read the name wrong on the interview, and then I was like, "Shit, I'm so sorry. I thought you were Joe McKeldry. and I had to do. You didn't this... say that, did you? Yeah. Well, it was obvious because I was like, I first I said to him, "Oh, Joe, last time I saw you was at Mighty Hoopla." He's like, "What you want about? I haven't been to Mighty Hoopla. I haven't been to Mighty Hoopla." And I'm like, "Oh my God." Oh, He's I... like, I'm not fucking gay. You're not fucking dirty gay. I know. And then I was like, oh, why are you Scottish? Then I was like, oh, why are you? And then I talked about his TikTok and his tour. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, oh my God, you're not Joe McFadden. You're Joe. No, you are Joe McFadden. You're not Joe. It was so embarrassing. And then I had to wing the rest of the interview and I didn't even really know who he was. I got his Wikipedia page up. I took a break from Marty McCutcheon's Wikipedia page to get onto his. And then had to like basically read <laughs> a list you. of his fucking appearances and be like, oh, Holby City, discuss. Oh, Strictly, oh my God. discuss. It was so oh my God. But yes, yeah, so <laughs> last thing I say, not about Drag Race, I promise. So I'm going that off on is all the tangents today. It was, it we was. Are. But yeah, I watched this episode drunk the first time. I've watched it twice. And the first time, when they did the alphabetical matching up of the queens and the queen teams, I was like, this does not make any sense. But the second time, it actually did make sense. But they did it in a way that was very confusing. Yes. Because it was it like was, Danny Beard with confusing. Mystique. I'm like, how is that alphabetical? But it was because most of the queens had alphabetical names lower in the alphabet and most of the yeah, queen yeah. team had higher if you're drunk you wouldn't if you're drunk you wouldn't be able to do that sort that out so uh, that's fair enough but secondly um i think um it's weird because i i my only thought with this was i thought like you know some of them would be closer to other ones but then maybe maybe some of the the maybe some of the queen the team queens were like oh i'd rather be with so and so so i guess it was just to be fair wasn't it doing it alphabetically yeah i think so uh, and and to stop people from like and stop like you know the whole last person chosen etc. There were still a um a few awkward moments though between them even though they all get on because like Wendy when she said she wanted to be huge ass and Pixie was like, um, well no <laughs> like. 
And you could tell that usually... The- <laughs> I think usually the Queen team are in charge of the Queens. Like, they run the show. So Mm. for then the Queens to be able to be the ones saying, no, we're not doing that, I think the dynamic got a little bit awkward at some points, like with with the whole beard thing. Yeah. And the Danny Beard's mystique not wanting to wear one, which I thought she was being really annoying. So I was just like, bitch, you have to help him win the challenge. It doesn't matter if you want to wear a beard or not. Well, I also feel that this is um, a lot of... um production stuff as in they need to make it they need to give a bit of peril oh i don't want to wear it oh la, 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 la. everybody needs to come out with their story etc 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 do you know what i mean it's just it's just a way of facilitating i mean why wouldn't she want to wear a beard you know i mean like you know her dressed in drag wearing a beard she's i mean she's not really gonna think like oh everyone's gonna think i'm a man when she's got like a white fe- which got like a loads of makeup and a big wig on so it's just i think it's just to give the show a bit of extra oomph you know what i mean oh my god will she won't she is she going to wear flats? Is she going to wear heels? Oh, it's just so that we can hear their story, I think. And there was lots of great stories there. Well, I didn't even really get it. It was like, oh, I sometimes get mistaken for a man, so I don't want to wear a beard. It's like, well, you're already a mistaken for a man. You might as well wear a beard. But, um, and then we had... <laughs> no, that, that wasn't the point at all. <laughs> we, we had Wendy talking about how she... Oh, first of all, Raven comes out. What did you make of Raven doing this walkthrough? Well, I find Raven quite odd anyway, but um, I, thought she, I thought she was quite good, especially when she said about the funeral. You know how we love funeral jokes. And she said, oh, I wore it last at a funeral. She was great, that little one. I thought, was her name Lizzie or Lucy or something? Uh, Lisa, I can't remember. Um, she was like, she was like, oh, yeah, I wore it to a funeral. She, she was like, oh, yeah, that was the time. What was the last time you wore heels? She was like, I wore them to a funeral. And she was, Raven was like, mm, that's not really out, out, is it? Oh, yeah, I got my dancing shoes on for that funeral. We had a gay old time. Um, but I did. I thought Raven looked. And I think she's never looked better. That outfit, that leopard print, that curl at the front of her hair, her makeup. She just. She looked quite mesmerizing. And I did think she did a very good job hosting. And there are a lot of people saying that they think that Raven is being primed to kind of take over from the franchise when Rue. No. Can't do it anymore. I mean. No, that won't happen. You would think not, because Raven's never won the show, and she's quite a polarizing character. But I mean, clearly she's. Very close to Rue. She works with her every day. They got her there because it was an emergency, and she was already there because she does the make because she does Rue's makeup. It's the same. The, the only time Rue, uh, unless they come on together, like in the, you know, she's it's because she's there, so she's a backup whenever. And like, and this was, and like, she wouldn't have been on the she wouldn't have been on the panel this week if it wasn't if it wasn't for the fact that Rue wasn't there. No, but it definitely gives her an advantage the fact she's good friends with the person who runs this whole company. So maybe she will end up working her way in. Who knows. Um, oh no, babes! And then during the chats, Wendy says she wants her to pop a bollock back in for one of the queens, which I guarantee <laughs> was bag of chips. We just know it was. Um, oh, Ginny Lemon! Hey up, hey up! One of my nuts has fallen out. Ooh, fancy a slice? No. <laughs> and then fancy a ball? <laughs> oh, I love that, Danny. Check, Beard... out, check out my hairy ball. I love that Daddy said that Wendy looked like she'd rolled through B&M. Because, you know, we love our B&M chats. Oh, we do. (laughs) My friend Chloe, for my birthday, uh, she took me to B&M and said I could have whatever I wanted. And I was running around the chocolate and sweetie aisles like Supermarket Sweep, just like taking it all. And and now I've got a full basket full of niche goodies, which is just amazing. Uh, I mean, that is amazing. But personally, I would have been like... um straight upstairs and got some you know stuff for the home you know like some really expensive um because they because they you know the um shelves and stuff and go into the 50 pounds so that's what i would have done oh i'm not going to take the piss i just i just wanted my biscuits really um oh bless you you're a simple man very simple i found it funny when um pepper was talking to her queen team person 
Um, and and the the Queen team woman was talking about her sexuality and how hard it was being a lesbian. And Pepper was like, "Oh, anyway, here's my story." And she just like then butted in and told her. But Pepper's story was a lot better. And to be honest, I've heard this these struggling with sexuality stories a million times on Drag Race, and this one really made me cry. It really mm. touched me. Mm. So I don't know what it was about her story. I don't know if it was because it was quite it was better. It was it was the way she told it, but it was very mm. yeah. I found it much Pepper. Um, but also, um, <laughs> I've I've been to St Martin's where um, where she came from actually, and I think it is one of these. Um, it's uh, you have to go there before you go to St Bart's basically, and it was it's lovely, beautiful, like stunning, stunning. But um, yeah, it's again, it's quite religious, and I think um, it is part French and part um, Dutch, half and half. So again, it would be. Um, the same as with colonial colonialism, like it would have been like you know we went over there or like Europe Europeans went over there with their you know their with their Christian values etc and instilled the local people, tried to make them into Christians, made them into Christians, told them that homosexuality was wrong, came back came back here, moved on, decided homosexuality was wasn't wrong, but left it there, and that's exactly why shit like this happens to people like Pepper. Well, in the in the immortal words of, of Pepper, Batimendem. That, that's my new slogan for life. Batimendem. Um, yeah, that's it. That's what, it. What did you think of Pepper doing kind of a Danny Beard look? Um, well, we're doing runway now, are we? No, because they started doing it in the workroom and then that's when, that's when they started oh, right, talking right, about it. Right, right, well, I'm, I mean, I was only really interested in the emotional stories. Like, they didn't really... I mean, they were trying, they were trying different things on, you know, Pepper's, Pepper's person tried on a... Um, no, it's, I mean, Cheddar's. Cheddar's tried on a you know a, a big David Bowie wig whatever and you know but it's it's all about the fi- it's all about the final runway really isn't it? So I think this was strategic. Pepper said to Raven that she had never done someone's makeup before, and then she had a a, a woman who was a different colour skin from her, and I think she, instead of trying to give her the Pepper look, which I think would have been a disaster, she thought oh, if I do Club Kid paint look, you can kind of do that on anyone. So I think it was very strategic, personally, and I think mm, in the end, of course, it was. Yeah, it kind of paid off. But yes, let's do get to the runway. So the runway is when we get Michelle Visage coming out, looking stunning. She looked absolutely amazing, and I thought she did a really good, confident job of filling in for Rue. Yeah, I agree. I thought she, I thought she looked fabulous, and yeah, and it was weird because she was, she did seem different. She did seem more commanding. She did seem um, like she was. Well, she was, I mean, she was Top head judge, job. she was in yeah. charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, um, you know, and she was more sympathetic than she is usually. Um, yeah, I thought she did a great job. She stepped up and, um, you know, I wouldn't want it every week, like we said, but I mean, I think I think she certainly did a good job this week. The pressure got to her because, I mean, this week on Twitter, she was uh, responding to the fans because a few of the fans had a backlash that like, oh, Michelle shouldn't be doing it. She's not qualified. And Michelle kind of lost it a bit and was like, why are you saying this? Why are you, why would you? Um, come to my page and tweet me these horrible things. Mm. And I was like, this is kind of the difference to be to, on RuPaul's level. RuPaul would never answer that kind of thing. And I think I could understand why it got to Michelle. Cause she must have felt insecure, like, oh, everyone thinks that I shouldn't be doing this. But in, as far as I'm concerned, Michelle's more than qualified. She's been on the show since season three. She's like... Of course she's more than qualified. And she gets very involved in the Queens afterwards. She tours with them. She looks after them. She mentors them. She's a drag queen herself. She comes from the ball scene. So it would never occur to me that Michelle was like not 
fit to judge the show and I think she did a great job. People people are just fucking assholes. People are just assholes. End of. And, you know, and Lord knows, I mean, that Twitter is an evil place anyway. Um, and if, and I'm telling you this now, if they start charging me for my blue tick on Twitter, then I shall be leaving. Well, I mean, Twitter looks like it's imploding this week. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, Elon Musk has taken a massive worldwide social media network and it seems like he's just driving it into the ground like some sort of madman. And I saw I saw a Twitter thread this week. It's from a guy who used to be in EastEnders and he was talking about the importance of the blue tick, which I never considered before. Because he said it's that... Verifica- it's verification. It isn't, it's not to do with, ooh, look, I'm famous. Well, I didn't really get that. Because he said, like, people had... Because he was on EastEnders, people had tried to pretend to be him to lure children into... Ooh, exactly. ...illegal activity. And so he says, him having that blue tick. He says, I don't like being on Twitter. I keep my account just so people know, can't pretend to be me. And I was like, that mm-hmm. is actually a very interesting point and is important. So clearly Elon Musk... I don't know a lot about him, but he seems like a crazy... He seems like a... Vladimir Putin type madman as far as I can he's a see. fucking he's a fucking madman I don't even know what's going on with him um you know not oh it's just but he's he's like he is like a something he's like a character from a movie like a super villain and everyone keeps saying how he's you know he's becoming this super villain and he just he is it's just like it's just I don't oh I just don't understand it and like you know he wants to go to Mars and he bought Twitter and then he's going to bring Trump back from Frank back to Twitter and he's going to be more free speech and it's like the only reason why people were taken off is because they were saying hateful stuff so I mean fucking come on mate well to be honest if he drives Twitter into destruction I'll be glad because I do actually check Twitter I find it very interesting but it does it is a bit of a cesspit and I do think the world probably would be better off without it oh my god it's horrendous I get such shit on there I mean such shit um like because I end up you know I get I end up talking about trans rights um I always do I do it on TV I do it on Twitter and um but it is fucking toxic if you get, ever get anywhere near um the JK Rowling the turf arguments anything like that it is fucking filth um so you try not to, but um, sometimes you just can't help yourself. Um, it brings and, out the worst yeah. in all of us, I think. It so. really does. And it's and for the most part, I mean, it's the thing, like and I always say, like, my Twitter name is at Sam Dowler. It is my name. It is my picture. I'm verified to say that it is me. Um, so, it is, and all these other ones, there's no pictures or, like, they've got, like, like, with, like, turfy people, they've always got, like, you know, dinosaurs in their um, in their in their profiles and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, it's just, and it's all coded and like, oh, it's just awful, awful place. It is indeed. So yeah, Michelle is, um, she expl- She doesn't really explain in detail, but she says circumstances beyond anyone's control. Uh, RuPaul can't be here, but she's watching via a live video link. Did you believe that she is watching? Well, I mean, we know how long these things um, take. So I think they would have, um, I don't know, sent her the, the, um, the, the rushes from the day or something. I think she'd have looked over it before. I don't. She, I don't think. I don't know if she was on the phone when she said, "Oh, just let me call Rue." I think that's bullshit. Because otherwise, if they were really live, if she was really live on the phone, they would have. They like, would have had. We would have been able to hear her voice. Do you know what I mean? They would have been like, "Hi, it's Mama Rue. I say so and so, Chantes. Do you know what I mean? So, um, uh, so I do think it was a bit, a bit hokey, but I do think she was involved in deciding who went home. I don't know. I can't imagine her sat on the toilet having explosive diarrhea watching a live stream of this show. I think she just left them to it. I think she probably said, don't get rid of Cheddar, Danny or Pepper. And with the rest of them, just make something happen. She she had a brown stream going on, not a live stream. (laughs) I love the fact that they reference Graham Norton and his relationship with Tina Burner. Graham says, I've had sex with a drag queen. And Michelle goes, did it burn? 
was like, <laughs> did we? Oh, uh, I'm it. surprised they referenced that. Yeah, very strange. Um, Graham would have allowed that, though, wouldn't he? They wouldn't have done it in the American one, I don't think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I thought Raven did not look as good on the panel as she looked in the workroom. Um, but she still... I didn't really like her wig, but she, I guess she looked okay. She didn't look like she was blackfishing as much as people usually accuse her of. So No, I think she's probably toned that down just a touch, just to avoid those scenarios. So let's go through the runways. It's Drag Family Realness, the Makeover Challenge. Um, I forget which order they're in, and I didn't make notes, so we're kind of going off memory for the rest of it. But I remember Jombas was first, and they did like a, a miming thing, a black and white monochrome look. Hit or shit. Oh, this was just terrible. It was shit. Um, I didn't understand the miming. It was bad miming anyway. Um, I don't understand why she did it because she made her she made the person she was doing it look a bit foolish. So no, a big mistake in my book. I didn't think they looked bad. I thought the the costumes were cohesive. I agree with you. I don't understand why she did it, and I agreed with the criticisms that the judges and other queens gave later in terms of the makeover challenge is kind of meant to be a branding challenge. And I think it really did expose the fact Jombas doesn't have really an identity in drag. I don't know what to say she is apart from just a bit of a goofy, just queen who looks a bit rough around the edges. Yeah. So yeah, um, I don't think she looked bad, but it wasn't a great success. Um, what did you make of uh, Danny Beard and her partner? Um, yeah, I really liked it. I knew she'd end up wearing a beard. Um, Mystique. Yeah, I thought it was, I actually thought it was really good. Um, I thought the colour palette was really interesting. I liked the fact that the makeup was just on the face. Um, yeah, I just, I love the pastels. I just, I liked the whole aesthetic really. I thought it was quite space agey. Yeah, I liked it. I loved the pastels. I thought it was fashion-y. I thought it was polished. I thought Stanley Beard has such a strong aesthetic she could play with colour and it still worked. Mm. I do think, I didn't like the fact that her partner didn't have her neck painted because that was just a little bit of, um, a bit jarring. But apart from that, I thought... Um, well, I thought, did they not Did they not both have that though? Yeah, I think maybe because she was a queen of colour with against the pastel, it just really kind of um, stood out a little bit more. But I guess... I don't know. I would have maybe just extended the the white down further just to so it blended a bit more. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought she was in contention for the top. She wasn't my hit of the week, but she was not far off. So, yeah, well done, Danny Beard. She's definitely a, she's definitely good at drag race. She's definitely good. Did you say she's definitely good at drag race? <laughs> well, she is. She's, like, not really had a bad week, has she? She's never been in the bottom. Oh, well, she was almost in the bottom snatch game, but generally she seems to be a, a good all round a queen for this. And that wasn't and that wasn't her fault anyway, because Rue forced her to do something different. That was Rue's fault. See, that's why Rue's off, because she's sick. Sick to her stomach with what she did that week. Um, <laughs> what did you make of Pixie Polite? And I'm forgetting all the partners' names. I think it was Trixie oh, something. Oh, a bit of a mess, to be honest. Um, it was... I mean, she looked really super cute. She looked like... They do, did look like a couple of Christmas decorations, but it was just too busy. And um, I agree with what Michelle said. She did do her partner a wrong one because the... Um, the makeup for the partner was terrible. Um, it was just way too much. And um, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, they obviously looked, the colours were the same, but um, I don't know. I certainly don't think she was the worst, uh, but I didn't think she was great. See, I did think she was the worst. I gave her my shit of the week and it was because of the makeup. And I, I didn't think the outfits were that bad, but I thought that makeup was actually unforgivable. <laughs> so the fact that she, even in the workroom later, was like almost acting as if she'd done a good job. I'm like, sorry, that face was horrible. It was actually like my eye, kept, <laughs> my eye kept being drawn to that brown, brown, terrible nose. I mean, talk about brown nosing. That is a whole other level. <laughs> I really did think that was not cute. Um, so yeah, shit of the week for me. Um, 
we had uh, Dakota, Dakota Schiffer and whatever she called her partner. I thought they looked pretty cute. I actually liked the black and white bits. I thought the makeup was good. I would have given this a solid save. I, I'm baffled that she was in the bottom, to be honest. Yeah, I am baffled as well. I think, um, I think, yeah, Jombas was much worse than this. Um, I do understand what they mean with, um, with Dakota, and it's something that I've talked about before. I think she's the first. She's the first um, um, trans contestant on the UK Drag Race, and I think. Uh, she does go for that beauty, do you know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, drag needs to be more than that. And I know she's going for, like, you know, old school, but it's always the same kind of stunning beauty. And she does look stunning every t- every single time, but there's no, like... You know, if you look at some of the stuff that Danny does, like, you know, like, you would never see Dakota in, like, a, um, you know, in, in, in that little shop of horrors kind of get-up, do you know what I mean? Like, cause that's just not her. So I think... um you know, for a competition like this, I think this is, you know, probably the end of the run for her, even though I think she's amazing. Yeah, I never got, even though she was winning challenges at the beginning of the competition, I never got the feeling she could win because she just seems like mm. she's just not a big enough character to me. She's very sweet and nice and looks good, but it's just not enough. But this week I did think I give her a hit and I don't think she should have been in the bottom. So I thought that was weird. Um, what did you think of Cheddar Gorgeous and Brie Gorgeous? just unbelievable it was just so stunning the material was amazing um material girl brie was actually yeah brie was brilliant i thought like um you know she was giving it she was giving brilliant she was giving it face you know she had you know she had she had a face like a wheel of brie (laughs) um she she just looked she just looked amazing and they but they both looked amazing obviously the aesthetic was there and um i just loved it I loved it. Um, as soon as I saw it, I was like, she's winning this week. I, like you, I loved the fabric. I loved the colours. Mm. I loved the shimmer. I love the wigs. I just think Cheddar Gorgeous has a real unique aesthetic. And I think she trans uh, transported it beautifully. Not transported, what am I trying to say? She um, gave her partner that aesthetic very clearly. And they yeah. they weren't matching, but they were in the same universe. And it was a just a beautiful presentation, I thought. And she really deserved this win. And now I think there's no doubt in my mind she's winning this season. I, I There is no one else I can imagine winning this season but Cheddar Gorgeous. No, I know. And she's like a legend already. So I think it's kind of in the bag. Yeah, in the bagger. Um and then finally... In the cheese bag. <laughs> finally is uh, Black Pepper, who, um, yeah, I thought this was bad. And I, I, to be honest, I would have put her in the bottom with Pixie. I actually wouldn't have put Jumpers in the bottom. Um, yeah, I, did, I, I didn't I did mind it. I honestly think it should... I think it should have been Jumpers and Pixie, Pixie in the bottom. Pixie but and Pixie. The criticism you had for Jumpers that it's... It doesn't make sense with your drag aesthetic. I would say to Pepper here, because this isn't what Pepper usually comes out like. The outfit was bland. The face was not what she does. And it was just, I thought it was just really shit. Yeah, but with Jombas, their hair, I mean, I get fine. They were both in monochrome, but that was it. Like the face and the hair were completely different. They didn't relate it at all. No, the faces weren't great on Jombas, but they weren't that great on Pepper either. And I think Pepper's been on a real decline. So mm. um, I think, she, I, I think Rue said, do not send Pepper home in my absence. And that's what saved her from the bottom. I genuinely think that. Mm. And I think she should have been lip syncing. And I think she actually should have gone home this week. Um, her odd um, pixie. So, uh, but in the workroom, they're all arguing about who did worse. I mean, <laughs> Pixie's still, to me, gi- giving off very bad energy. She's very much like, 
I don't know, she just seems like someone who can give it but can't take it. She's having a go at Jombers, but it's like, but you did bad as well, so why are you coming for her? Mm. I don't know. I just think she's um, bringing And then I did, I, did like, I did like what, um, what Cheddar said. Cheddar was like, you know, there's always like an element to what I do that, um, that, is, that is, you know, my signature. And, um, and obviously um, Jombers is not, just takes umbrage at that, which is something that obviously lasts into next week as well by the look of the clip. So um, at last we've got a bit of drama, lasting drama. But um, I agree with Cheddar, like it is, you know, there is like, you've got to have, even if you're doing completely different outfits, there has to be an element. Yeah, I think Jombas didn't get that. Because I mean, I I love, uh, obviously, like Madonna. And Madonna has Mm. changed her look so many times, changed her sound. But she's always still got that clear identity at the heart of it. And so you can wear a million different things, but you still have to have a through line, a bit of DNA that, yep. and that is what Jombas is missing. I have no idea. If Jombas was playing at my local bar, I would have no idea what I was going to see. I don't know if she's going to lip sync. I don't know if she's going to tell a joke. I don't know if she's going to, um, I have no idea. She just has not let me know what kind of drag queen she is. And that is a failing on her part on this platform. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, so then we find out who the bottom two actually is. Oh, wait, by the way, did you, what did you think of Boy George as a judge? I, th- I loved his look. I thought it was amazing. Uh, I didn't really like his look with that weird sort of liney thing. Um, I thought it was great. It was like a mask or something. It was attached to the hat. Um, obviously, it's a big week for Boy George. He's about to go into the jungle as well. Highest paid contestant ever. Ever. We've talked about Boy George before. I've met him. He was he was all right. Um, uh, but I just think he, just, he didn't really say much, did he? He wasn't, wasn't really much for presence. No, I think often he gives that kind of thing of just, I can't be asked. He was like that on The Voice as well. And I remember, I've told this story before, but when I met him in LA and I said he was on The Voice and everyone was like liking him on it. And I was like, how does it feel that everyone's really liking you? And he's like, well, everyone's always liked me. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it's not even true either. Well, no, it's not. He's had a lot of backlashes over the years. I mean, obviously there was the, yeah. rent, the rent Boy thing, which we, we've all chosen to forget. But um. Oh, everybody liked that, didn't they, Boy George? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did like that thing on his face. I mean, anything that covers his face, I think, is a win. <laughs> and then we get his song in the bottom two, which was, a, I've never even heard, I've seen Culture Club Live twice, and I swear I don't recognise this song. No, I didn't recognise it either. But it was a v- very bad lip sync song. They could have had Karma Chameleon, obviously that would have been an obvious one, or they could have had his solo one, Everything I Own, or they could have not done Culture Club and just had like a pop banger. But yeah, I mean, the choice, it was Pixie versus... Um, Dakota in the bottom two and I just think it was weird that Dakota was there um I don't I mean I do I like I said before you know she's he's a bit one note and it's like she did say that in the um in the workroom as well she was like that's why I keep doing this look because I wanted to see what my what my aesthetic is but um I don't know I mean I do I do really like her and I think you know but I, I think maybe it was it was the end of the line for her and she's and this was a lackluster um performance as well yeah well she was good in the last one she did I think it was hard to do a good one to this song. I would have, I thought Dakota won the lip sync, but yeah, there wasn't much in it. It could have gone either way. But um, I thought, because they teased last week there was going to be a shock elimination. So I was kind of expecting there to be a double sachet. Because I was like, neither of these is that shocking to me. The only one who I thought would be shocking would be Cheddar or Danny at this point. Mm, mm. Or, Pep, or may, maybe Pepper. So when they were in the bottom two, I was like, oh, is it going to be a double elimination? And then I thought, was that a trick and it's going to be a double save? Um, I was very confused. And then when Dakota left, I think maybe they thought that Dakota was more of a 
front runner than maybe I considered her because she does have a couple of wins. Mm, yeah. But yeah, she left and I, I think she um had a great run on the show. I think she's won a lot of fans, done great for trans representation, but I, I, I think it's a good time for her to bow out. Although I don't think she deserved to go this week. I think she wasn't going all the way anyway, so whatever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it was really sweet. Her, um, the, her little partner came along and we told her she was great. And do you know what? And I liked it. The Dakota wasn't, she wasn't surprised. She wasn't devastated. She was really proud of herself. And that was really nice. Another nice exit after Baby's one. Yeah, bless her. Um, yeah, so, and then next week we've got an acting challenge, which I can guarantee you is going to be a real shit show. So we're going to start sharpening our claws now because I know I'm going to go in next week. <laughs> Yay! Witchy poo! <laughs> and I hope that our recap has made up for what could be considered quite sad news at the top of the show. But as we said, please do get in touch and... Let's talk. Yeah, and we love you. <laughs> we love you, and I love you, Sam. <laughs> I love you too, darling. Let's click, click it out. Click, 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 click.